0: Isn't it, isn't it uh, true that, uh, Pastor Tim, that, be honest, like we'll have Charlie Kirk here and you could have an altar call when he finishes. We had Candace Owens, where you can have an altar call when they finish. You have Dennis Prager, you can have an altar call when they finish. You have David Harris Jr., you can have an altar call when they finish. Last night, listening to Tucker Carlson, there's, 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 there's the, the, the voices that are the most vilified, the most attacked, but yet the most profound and the most powerful in our nation all seem to have one common thread and that is a deep conviction of biblical truth, of biblical reality. Have you noticed that? It's just incredible. And uh, he was highlighting last night how, how what we're seeing in America goes beyond the agenda of men. He says it's, it's, it's the only way is it's a dark, sinister spiritual force. Spiritual force, what is happening. And the truth is, it's sad that it shocks us because the Bible says we wrestle not against flesh and blood. Now, that's a, that's a great scripture. You know, you stick it on your fridge and like, yeah, man. But, but it's got to be more than a fridge magnet you know, scripture. Like it's, it's actually a, a, an awareness, an awakening of a reality that we are in a spiritual war. We're in a spiritual war. And, uh, and I often look out and sometimes you can get a little bit discouraged because it looks like the enemies come in like a flood and it looks like they're winning and they're trying to dismantle this and enforce this and, you know, they're all partnering together and Disney and, you know, all the big tech and all the big companies and, you know, but remember Goliath was the big tech, big company. He was, he was was He was the big guy in the valley. And a little teenager went out and the teenager prevailed that day because... God was with them. And I just, I felt, I felt, when I got up this morning, I just felt God just kind of remind me that you may feel outgunned and you may feel outmatched and you may feel like, my God, like we are surrounded by the enemy. But one of the the great generals says, great, if we're surrounded by the enemy, now they can't get away. (laughs) They're right where we want them. And I felt God say, the difference maker has always been. Sometimes it's good to get a little reminder from the Holy Ghost. The difference has always been, not the size of, of Israel, not the size of Gideon, not the size of, but the fact that God was with us, that God was on their side. And can I tell you, just as uh, Pastor Mike Finn got up this morning and said that, that, you know, we don't have to pray a perfect prayer because we're praying to a perfect God to a perfect God. And while we are crying out to God, while we call upon the name of the Lord, the Bible says all those who call upon the name of the Lord will be saved. You and I serve a God who loves. We, You and I serve a God who cares. And you and I serve a God who responds to prayer. Did you know that John Wesley said that God does nothing except in response to prayer? Sometimes we wonder, well, how do we get in this mess? It's very simple. We probably weren't praying Because when things are good, we don't really need to. I mean, you know, we, 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 we do the, the hubba dub dub, thank you for this grub kind of prayer, and then we start eating. There's nothing profound about it. You know, thank you for this food. And, you know, but, but in times like this, it's like, oh, wow, God, we better, we better call on a higher power. And can I tell you, the globalists can have their agenda and George Soros and, you know, all those crazy demonized maniacs can have their agenda but they ain't, they ain't the highest. They, they think they're the highest. They sit on their perches. They sit on their, their wealth. They sit on their thrones. They think they're the highest, but we, 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 we will remind them there's a, there's a most high. There's a most high God, and he removes the chariot wheels. And so my prayers of late have been, God, remove the chariots out of mercy. Out of mercy, the Bible says that the Egyptians saw that the Lord was working with the Israelites by removing the chariot wheels and having them get stuck. And, and they said to one another, the Lord is working for the Israelites. Let's get out of here. And the ones that got out of here didn't perish when, when the, the Red Sea came back over. And uh, I, you know so I'm praying that, that some of these globalist, narcissistic, demonized, crazy people, recognize we are working against God out of mercy so they can wake up. Amen. Amen. Connamed, you handsome man. Are you doing good? What a great youth leader you are. And we got the youth camp coming up. And parents, make sure you send your young people to the youth camp. And man, I'm just a decade out now, too late to go to the, the hoedown. That looked like fun. I just love our church. I'm like, what? Where was that when I was in my 40s? I honestly feel like I've missed out my whole life. Seriously, I I walk over to kids' church, and I'm like, man, they didn't have this when I was a kid. And then I go to our youth stuff, and I'm like, man, they didn't have this when I was a teenager. I feel like I'm always just one step out. Well, you can't go, Pastor. You're 54. Oh, thanks for reminding me. (laughs) That looks fun in the young adults thing. But anyway, come with me in your Bibles. It's great to be back here. Amen. Second uh, Samuel chapter six. We're still on our our series at the moment. Still on the series of there was great joy in the city. Great joy in the city. I, I really felt. Uh, God, give me this scripture for today. And so I'm gonna believe that before I finish that the God's power will hit this place and that people are gonna get some breakthroughs and some relief and some deliverance and some healing and whatever it is that you need. And I, 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 never, I never want you to feel like you, you just come to hear instruction, like, like uh, Pastor Alex was saying that you just come to hear great teaching and, and there needs to be great teaching. We have a responsibility to make sure that every, every Sunday you get the word and it's applicable to your life. But, but church needs to be more than just a teaching house. It needs to be more than just a teaching house, it, it needs to be a powerhouse. It can't just be a teaching house, it's gotta be a powerhouse. You, 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 people who have been diagnosed terminal, and we've had this so many times over the years, you, you, we've lost count but people who the doctors have given up on walk into this house. And because it's more than just a, a teaching house. When, when, when Jairus's daughter, Jairus was the ruler of the synagogue, when his daughter was ill, he ran to Jesus. He ran to Jesus. Oh, we, we've tried everything. The doctors have given up. The doctors can't do anymore. So I know that I've kind of been talking smack about you behind your back, but now I need a miracle. And so Jairus comes to him and says, Lord, would you, Rabbi, would you come? And, and Jesus says, I'll come, because he's gracious. But, but, but there's a distraction and a woman with an issue of blood grabs Jesus and Jesus stops and says, whoa, who touched me? And they're like, what are you talking about? The crowd is thronging you. He says, no, no, I, I, I actually felt power right. depart from my body for a moment Somebody touched me with faith. Somebody grabbed a hold of me. And the Bible says, and the woman trembling identified herself and said, it was me. And she told the story and how instantly when she touched him, her flow, her, her, her condition was instantly healed. And Jesus says, daughter, your faith has made you whole. So as he turns around, somebody came from Jairus's house and said, She's dead. She just, ah, why trouble the teacher any further? The Bible says, Immediately upon hearing this, Jesus turned to, to Jairus and said, Do not be afraid. Only believe and she will live. Because he's not just a teacher. He's not just a teacher. The Word of God is not just... An instruction manual, every word has power in it. Every word, every word of God is, is like an atomic bomb of heavenly power that will erupt in your soul. All you need is one word. The Bible says he healed them with a word. So so, so just so you, you, we're clear that this is not just a teaching house. Even though we love to teach, it has to remain a powerhouse. Somebody say amen. All right. All right, come with me. 2 Samuel chapter 6. We're going to read from verse 10, if that's okay. Verse 10 says, So David would not move the ark of the Lord with him into the city of David, but David took it aside into the house of Obed-Edom the Gittite. Now the back story here, the back story here before verse 10, is that David decided he wanted to bring the ark of God the ark of God, and he wanted to bring the presence of God into Jerusalem. They built a great building. They built a great house. They they, they had the temple. But everything was ready, except David didn't want to have just a church building. He wanted to have God's presence. He, he said, we have to go and take the ark from the house of Abinadab, and we need to put it right in the, the center of The heart of Jerusalem, Jerusalem of Israel, we gotta bring. I I don't want to. I don't want to be king over a region where God's presence is on the outskirts. Leonard Ravenhill said, "Is if the church is not supernatural, she'll end up superficial. If the church is not supernatural, she'll end up super. I don't know about you, but." We don't need any more superficiality in church, but we do need some supernatural in church. I don't know about you, but the person who's struggling with an addiction, they need a supernatural encounter. The person with a negative diagnosis with a tumor, they need a supernatural encounter. The person who is tormented by demonic forces, they need a supernatural encounter. So, so David goes to fetch the ark, but but he he kind of he kind of lets the world tell him how to bring the presence in. So, so the world, the, the Philistines sent the ark back to Israel. When they tried to steal it, God judged them because there was no atonement for their sins. So they broke out in tumors and boils and they're like, get rid of this thing. And so they send it back on, on a cart pulled by cows. And so David says, we can't have cows. We're gonna get oxen. And so he puts oxen, but God never asked for oxen. The, the, the presence of God was never meant to be carried by 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 oxen was never meant to be carried by methods god's blessing isn't on a method god, god god god's presence is not on 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 a particular event that we have or a ministry thing or a ministry idea god's presence is carried by people the the ark the ark was meant to be carried it had 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 rings of gold with poles that go through it so that the priests could carry. You You are meant to carry the presence of God on your life. You're meant to carry the presence of God in your home. You're meant to carry the presence of God. So what the Bible says, He made us kings and priests. You carry the presence of God into your workplace. You carry the presence of God in your home. You're It's meant to be carried. And so, but because they put it on, on the back of an art uh, on the back of a cart, pulled by, by oxen, when they got to Nashon's threshing floor, the oxen could smell the freshly threshed wheat and, and their appetites caused them to, to kind of turn towards a thing. And as they turned abruptly, the ark began to, to, to tip, began to move. And so a guy called Uzzah reached out his hand to, to lay hold of the ark. Well, no one's allowed to lay hold of the ark. That's why they had poles in there. The ark was where God dwelt between the cherubim, and when he laid laid hold of the ark, he was struck dead. Because sinful man can't lay hold of a holy God without atonement. And so when, when he got struck dead and everyone stopped and they're trying to resuscitate him and it's over, David gets ticked. David gets ticked. And he's like, How can I bring the how can I bring this killing thing into? And he gets ticked. So I just It's just an amazing thing that they then, David became angry because of the Lord's outbreak and he said, how can the ark come to me? So they wouldn't move the ark into the city of David, but David took it aside into the house of Obed-Edom the Gittite. Imagine being Obed-Edom. This this thing kills people. We can't bring it into the city. Obed, you're taking it home. (laughs) What does that say about little Obed? Hey, Hey, uh, who who can we afford to to lose here? Obed. Obed. You're taking the killing machine home with you. Good luck with that. What's indispensable, Rambo? It kind of means like if you turn up at a party. (laughs) You're invited to a party and you don't turn up, it don't matter. You're not indispensable, Rambo. (laughs) I think, is that, and that might be the original first blood. Oh, no, no, it might have been the second one. I think it was, anyway. <laughs> yeah, of, of the six. The Bible says, Obed-Edom the Gittite. Have a look at verse 11. So verse 11 says, So the ark of the Lord remained in the house of Obed-Edom the Gittite three months, and the Lord blessed Obed-Edom and all of his household. Now it was told King David, saying, the Lord is blessed. Now it was told the same thing that killed Uzzah, now blessed the house of Obed-Edom and all his household. It wasn't just him, everybody. All of a sudden his, his, his kid that was getting F's in algebra <laughs> is getting A+. plus. He's like, Dad, it makes sense. Mrs. Obed comes home and the kids have all made their rooms and tidied, and they're like, and she look, and they've been brushing their teeth and flossing. She's like, what? Everything in the household was blessed. Their their, their chickens, (laughs) there's piles of eggs. I've never seen so many eggs. I gotta stay. I gotta be behaving. So he was told King David saying, verse 12, the Lord has blessed the house of Obed-Edom and all that belongs to him because of the ark of God. So David went and brought up the ark of God from the house of Obed-Edom to the city of David with gladness. And so it was when those bearing the ark of The Lord had gone six paces that he sacrificed oxen and fatted sheep. Then David danced before the Lord with all his might and David was wearing a linen ephah. So David and all the house of Israel brought up the ark of the Lord with shouting and with the sound of the trumpet. Now as the ark of the Lord came into the city of David, Michal, Saul's daughter, looked through a window and saw King David leaping and whirling before the Lord and she despised him in her heart. She despised him in her heart bitter broken people don't like happy people the lockdowns my gosh we're just sitting at a at a restaurant and the restaurant's trying to do its best to accommodate and be open and then karen walks past true story and she starts manifesting she starts screaming that that's what that's what that's what this spirit empowers It empowers. The, the bitter, the miserable, gives them the microphone. And because they're miserable, they hate people that are happy. Because they're bitter, they don't like anybody to be joyful and exuberant. And that's why we don't let them set the thermostat. That's why we don't let them set the tone. There are people out there protesting. Of course they are. Pray for them. Pray for them, but we don't let them sit. Well, you know, they, they say that Tucker Carlson, is a, he's the a, a Adrian of, of Vladimir Putin. They say a lot of stupid things, but we don't let them sit the thermostat. Well, you know, pastor, do we have to? No, no, we don't, we don't let them sit. Well, you know, at Awakened Church, you know, people say that all your pastors, look at Mike and Rachel Finn, all your pastors, they're, they're models. They look like models. They're good looking, they're models. Look at Tim and Linda Smith, they're, they're models. And, and everybody's prospering. It's one of those prosperity churches, like Joe Lofty. You know what, we, we, we don't let the bitter, and the miserable, and the envious, and the, we don't, we don't let them. We don't, we don't say, hey, maybe we should tone back what we're preaching, we just, we just don't let them. So she despised him sadly in her heart. So they, they, they brought the ark of the Lord and set it in its place in the midst of the tabernacle that David had erected for. it. Then David offered burnt offerings and peace offerings before the Lord. And when David had finished offering burnt offerings and peace offerings, he blessed the people in the name of the Lord of hosts. Then he distributed among all the people, among the whole multitude of Israel, both the Women and the men to every person, a loaf of bread, a piece of meat, and a cake of raisin, so all the people departed to their house so they could feast that day. Then David returned to bless his household, and Michael, the daughter of Saul, came out to meet David, and she said, "How glorious was the king of Israel today, uncovering himself today in the eyes of the maids of his servants, as one of the base fellows shamelessly uncovers himself." And David said, it was before the Lord who chose me instead of your father. That could be the root of the bitterness right here. And all his house to appoint me ruler over the people of the Lord, uh, over Israel. Therefore, I will play music before the Lord and I will be even more undignified than this and, and will be humble in my own sight. But as for the maidservants of whom you have spoken, by then... I will be held in honor. Therefore, Michael, the daughter of Saul, had no children to the day of her death. Bitterness and resentment and a critical spirit is one of the first things that shuts down. Wombs. God's like, if you can't pray, the rocks will cry out. But if you're silent, you'll find that barrenness goes in there. And a lot of times when we've prayed for people who are unable to have children, we found that we had to deal with a spirit of bitterness or a, a, a criticism, a harsh criticism of religious prayer that has come down through, through the family lineage, break that thing and then all of a sudden, th- the, the womb opens up. It's, it's an amazing thing. But I've got three quick thoughts in seven minutes in Jesus' name. <laughs> I Always have too much fun. All right, number, number one. Well, actually, the, t- let me tell you the title of my message. The title of my message is The Joy of His Presence. The Joy of His Presence. The Joy of His Presence. We we, we we don't want to just be a teaching house. We want to be a powerhouse. And for us to be a powerhouse, God has to be present. God has to be present. Uh, many times over the years, people have said, oh, man, you just kind of need to tone back a little bit. You know, you're, you're, you're really funny. I'd use more comedy and a little less. But I just know that, that God doesn't land on my comedy. God doesn't land on my what God lands on is His Word. The Bible says that God, God backs up His Word. The Bible says the disciples went out preaching preaching the gospel, the Lord confirming the Word spoken with signs and wonders following. God doesn't confirm Reader's Digest. God doesn't confirm, He confirms His Word. And so I know that if we want people to have an encounter with the power then I'd better release His Word because God confirms His Word with signs and wonders. We want to be a house of signs, wonders, and miracles, so we better be word dispensers. The reason we do worship and the reason that we have a worship team, they don't just turn up on a Sunday, but they turn up in prayer. They turn up, they're preparing their hearts all week for this moment on these four songs or five songs that we'll sing on a Sunday morning. It's selected, it's it's prayerfully considered, it's Brought before the Lord because we want to bring God's presence because we know that you don't need to hear from, you know, a German born Australian sent to you, you. You need an encounter with the living God. I fail if all you see is me, I succeed if. I can't even remember who was preaching that day. All I remember is I got healed. I can't remember who was leading that day, but I remember the power of God and the tumour shrank. I remember when the chains broke. I remember when freedom came. I remember the, for the first time I, I could think clearly. I remember that was the turning point in my marriage. That was the turning point in my... I remember lifting my hand and people praying for me. I felt a warmth go through my body. And then the word of the Lord came, your children are coming back. And and my daughter that was addicted, my son that was in chains, too, and it came came out, those chains were... We, we need to have the power of God. The power of God, number one, is the great equalizer. Is the great equalizer. I I love this because his name is Obed-Edom the Gittite. A Gittite means he was was born in Gath. Gath is the the capital of Philistia with the Philistines. So, see, he was actually born as a Philistine. But his name, Obed-Edom, means servant of Edom. Edom is Esau, which is Jacob's brother. So he's related to Israel, but it's still not Israel. So he was kind of born on the wrong side of the tracks. He was kind of—he wasn't born a Jewish person. He was born a Gentile. He was born a Philistine. But kind of during his life, he's he's kind of drawn close, and so he's become Obed Edom. He's a servant of Esau. He's a servant of Edom, but he's still still on the outside. It wasn't politically correct to, to serve Esau. See, he's, he's, he's an outsider, he's a Philistine, he's a Gentile. So that's why David says, hey, put it in his house, because... <laughs> but what was so beautiful, when, when, when Obed-Edom brought the ark, he, he, he brought it into his house with such honor, with such reverence, because he's there in this assignment. He, 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 he may be known right now as a servant of Israel's brother, Edom. He, he, that, that, that may be his story up till now, but he's, he's in the throng, bringing the presence, bringing the ark. This was the ark that when Israel would take it into battle, it would destroy all their enemies. It would defeat all their enemies. This was the ark because the presence, God says, My presence will go before you. When they got to the Jordan River, when they were entering with Joshua into the promised land, the priest carrying the ark, the, 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 the Jordan was in flood. And they're like, how do we cross a river with little ones and the elderly and all of our sheep and and with the river in flood? And God says, tell the priests to step into into the river. Tell them to step in. And they're like, well, hang on. Can you get God to turn the water off? And they're like, God's like, yeah, step in. Well, can he turn the water off? Yeah, step in. And the Bible says they stepped in. So they got wet and then all of a sudden, right up there, God turned the water off and all of a sudden, everything began to drop till everything was dry and the Lord held up the water. And then the priests had to stand there. Priests always go first. Leadership is always example. While the whole nation of Israel crossed and when the last, Little one got out on the bank on the other side. Then the priests carried. And as soon as they stepped out, the water began flowing again. The Bible says when the people in Jericho heard about this miracle, they shook and they feared. God had made a promise to Joshua. He says, my presence will go ahead of you. And I'll start defeating the enemies before you even get there. I'll begin to drive them out. We want the presence of God. The presence of God is the great equalizer. Obed-Edom doesn't doesn't have the right breeding, doesn't have the right hereditary, doesn't have the right traits, he doesn't have the right, but he has the right heart. He 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 wants to be part of bringing the presence. And when they said they're not bringing it into the the city, we'll put it in your house. He brought it into his home and he set it up in the center of his home. And the Bible says for the next three months, everything in the house of Obed-Edom was blessed. Everything was blessed. When people say, "Hey man, what's the what's the secret?" You know, can you come and teach on how you know awaken church? You know, you you, you came here July fourth, two thousand five with your wife and three little boys and suitcases no church no buildings how has God been able to do I got to be honest I am not that smart in fact I'm nowhere near smart enough to do uh, all I know is that the, the Leanne and I know if we build a church where he is able to come if we if we hold as our highest ideal our highest value, our highest pursuit to create a church that has His presence, not gimmicks, not programs, not slogans, not labels, not branding, not clever marketing. If we have His presence, if we have His presence, if He is present, everything will be blessed. Everything will be blessed. We, we, we can't make the things up. We can't create the things that God has done. It's just His presence comes. is the great equalizer. And I say all of this to, to say that, and we've preached it over the years, that, that the beautiful thing about God is He's a to-go God. Now don't put Him in a bag, but don't, don't just think that He lives here. You may encounter Him here, but His desire is to go home with you. His desire is to go home with you. And and you need to understand that the 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 God is a person. The God is a person. He's a person. There are things that he likes and there are things that he doesn't like. Yeah. He, he, he didn't appreciate Uzzah reaching out and saying, God, you're not allowed to move. Yeah. Didn't appreciate that. But he loved Obed Edom the Giddite, bringing home the ark. Honey kids now giving, he gave kids instruction, you can't touch it but this is the power, this is, this is the thing. Amen. And when they, when they set it up, everything began to, bl- the arthritis, yeah. I, don't, I don't feel any more pain and the cataracts on my eyes and I don't even need these glasses and everything began to be blessed because of the presence of God. When, 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 God, when God is present, when the presence of God comes in, demons begin to manifest. The presence of God. We, we hear it over and over again, don't we, Pastor Tim, where, where we pray for someone, they're like, man, I feel a warmth. That's just the presence of God coming. And all of a sudden, on the other side of the warmth is, oh my gosh, the pain is gone. The headaches are gone. Oh my gosh, my, my ear popped and I can hear it. The, the miracles happen in His presence. We, 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 we love the, the, the presence of God. And the most beautiful thing about the presence of God is, is this story tells us that God is no respecter of persons. Because it's Obed-Edom, the Gittite. He has everything wrong with him, and yet God blesses him. God blesses him because the last time I read my Bible, the Bible is written to whosoever. Whosoever believes will not perish but have everlasting life. Whosoever, whosoever comes to me will have the light of life. He will never walk in darkness. Whosoever whosoever calls upon the name of the Lord shall be saved. God is no respecter of persons. But when we bring the presence of God into our home, you can bring the presence of God in, into your home. And because He's a person, I found that He loves worship. So playing worship at home, honoring God, honoring God at the table, inviting God to come. The, the second one is God is not just the great equalizer, but He's also the great elevator. The Bible says the Lord was with Joseph in the prison. The Lord was with Joseph in his captivity. The Lord was with Joseph when when Potiphar bought him and there was a transaction deed that was passed. There was a legal document to say Joseph is a slave. He's the property. He's the chattel of the chief executioner of Pharaoh, his brothers had sold him. He didn't ask to be sold. He didn't volunteer to be sold. This, this was an injustice, but he is now a slave in Egypt. But the Bible says, and the Lord was with, he felt, what is so magnificent about God is he's the great elevator that, that Joseph is walking through a season of injustice, betrayal, deep wounding by his brothers out of their jealousy and envy. He, there's, a, there's a title deed. He doesn't know how to cancel this thing. He's got no power to cancel this title deed with the, with the, the king's signet on it that he is now chattel. He's now a slave of Potiphar. And yet the Bible says the Lord was with him. The Lord, I don't know who I'm talking to today, but you may be a slave to something. You may be facing betrayal in something. You may be deeply wounded or suffering injustice. Can I tell you, getting bitter doesn't make it better. But Joseph was faithful and God was with him. When God's presence is with you, I want you to know that elevation, 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 is, is certain. Now you may say, well, hang on, that's not what happened to Joseph because Potiphar's wife tried to seduce him and when he rejected her advances, she cried rape and then he ended up in prison. Where was this elevation? Glad you asked. Sometimes, sometimes, Things get a little bit worse before they get better. But the Bible says, and the Lord was with Joseph in the prison and Joseph was operating in the presence. Joseph was operating in the, the anointing. Joseph was operating in the spirit because he was interpreting the dreams of the prisoners. He was flowing. He was flowing in the flow. He was operating in the presence. And because of that, he was, he was and, and what happens to him, he becomes the right hand of Pharaoh. He becomes the right hand of Pharaoh. God's presence is the great elevator in his life. Can I just tell you, at Awaken, we, we, don't, we don't just invite and we don't just invoke the presence of God, but we insist. We insist that we don't want to do church. We don't want to do this thing without God's presence. Without God's presence. Um, you know, God says to Moses in Exodus 33, He, he says to Moses, the, the people of Israel, they keep... They just keep, oh, he says, you know what? I'll tell you what I'm going to do. I'm going to send my angel ahead of you. My angel will go ahead of you and he'll drive out the Perizzite, the Hivite, the, the Jebusite, he'll drive them all out. He'll, he'll, but I will not go with you. But I'm going to lead you into a land. The angel will go, drive them out, land flowing with milk and honey. So literally God says to Moses, listen, Moses, I'll tell you what, because of how jacked up the people are, my presence isn't going to go with you, but my power will my power will go with you, not only that, my promises will be fulfilled. I'll fulfill all my promises. I promise Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob, and I've been promising you that I'll lead you into a land flowing with milk and honey. You're going to go into a land flowing with milk and honey. My angel will go. He'll drive out all. So you're going to live in houses you didn't build. You're going to drink from some cisterns and wells that you didn't dig. You're going to eat fruit from orchards you didn't plant. You're going to make wine from vineyards that you didn't put into the ground. He says, but I'm not going with you so so, so I'm going to give you my power, I'm going to give you my protection, I'm going to give you my promises, I'm going to give you my provision and Moses says, not good enough. I've got to tell you one of the saddest things is, I, I know entire church movements that, that you can actually build a church and you don't even need God. God is almost like, oh, why, why, would you, why would you even bother with that? Just with the marketing and slick marketing campaigns and all this strategy, I I, 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 I don't, I don't want, I don't want power, protection, provision, promises without presence. Moses said, Moses said, "Uh, uh-uh, uh, no deal, no deal. Unless you go with us, I'm not taking these people up. I'm not go- We are not advancing without your presence." Why would Moses say that? How many people would be happy with the power, with the miracles? How many people would be happy with the provision? Man, that's awesome. Whatever you guys are asking for, God's blessing you. But Moses says, no, no, I want your presence because it was your presence that encountered me at a burning bush. It was your presence that restored hope. It was your presence that brought life. It was your presence in Egypt. I saw your presence with, when I walked into Pharaoh's courts. I saw your presence when I threw down the rod. I saw your presence in the valley. I saw your presence in in the desert you were with us as a cloud by day and fire by night it was your presence and i don't want to live without your presence once i've tasted your presence i don't want the power of god i don't want the protection of god the the provision of god or the promises without your presence unless your presence goes with me i think the highest compliment i reckon god was testing him do you know how many people worship the stuff? pastor alex was talking about the rich young ruler the rich young ruler says, good teacher, what must I do that I may inherit eternal life? And what, the, what, what, what he was really saying is, how do I add heaven to all my stuff? How do I add heaven? How do I add eternal life to all the stuff that I've accumulated? And Jesus says, huh, there's your issue. You, heaven is not added to. The Bible says, seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, and then all this stuff will be added. You got around the wrong way. You've sought first the things of this world and you want to add heaven. Don't work like that. You seek first heaven and then these things are added to it. When those things are added to it, they don't become idols. When you seek first the kingdom, you realize these, they don't become idols. They become vehicles of expression for blessing, for offering of God's goodness. I want your presence. And God's presence is healing, is deliverance. The last one, point three, is the presence of God is the great empowerer. It is the great empowerer. When the presence of God falls, every time I've felt the presence of God fall, I knew that the miraculous was possible. I knew that cancers, I knew that tumors, I knew that people who were barren, people who, who were told they couldn't bear babies. My wife prayed for a, a lady in North Carolina. She had one of her, her uh, fallopian tubes removed because she had uh, cancerous cysts on her ovaries. And then Liam prophesied over her that she'd have twins. And there was a doctor sitting next to the campus pastor on the front row who leaned over and said, oh my God, that's a false prophecy. It's impossible to have twins when you've only got one fallopian tube. Not only did she have twins, but Leanne also said they'll be boys. So the, the pastor's freaking out thinking, well, don't name the sex for crying out loud. And don't go, don't go from barren to twins. Shoot. So a year later, twin little boys. Three years later, she's pregnant again with twin little girls and she's crying. She calls Leanne, she's crying because she said, our dream when we got married was to have two boys and two girls. The doctors said it was impossible. The doctors said it was impossible. The doctors said it was impossible. Medically, they said, This is impossible. But come on, you and I serve a God. All things are possible with God. All things are possible with God. The question is, are you with God or are you with the medical establishment? Are you with God or with the circumstances? In this house, we want to preach the Word so you can make a decision. You know what? I'm going to be with God. The the doctors have said this. The medical experts, even my body is saying this. But I'm going to go with God. I'm just going to throw caution to the wind. I'm going to go with God, because with God, all things are possible. Our highest goal, our highest intent, is to get people with God every Sunday. Every Sunday, we give it an appeal. Hey, if your life's not right with God, get with God. When you get with God, you step into the all things are possible network. You step into the place where miracles become normal, where miracles become common sense. We don't believe in miracles. We depend on miracles. We couldn't do what we do without the miraculous. We. I listen. I'm not smart enough to buy buildings to, to take over what used to be in Ashley furniture, and only to find we've got to replace the roof, and then we've got to strengthen the walls. Oh my gosh, and then we've got to re-dig all the footings, then we've got to reinforce all the footings, and blow out from a $60 million project to a $26 million project, and then at the same time, God says, I want you to take over this flailing church in, in Salt Lake City that is half a million in debt with no assets, and you're not to fire one staff member because they've already lost their shepherd, and, and morale is at an all-time low. You absorb it, and then I got to call the finance people and say, "Hey, listen." And they're like, "What are you? You're asking for ten million extra, and you just took on a church that is hemorrhaging twenty-five thousand dollars a month, has no assets, and half a million in debt." Do you realize how stupid this is? And I'm like, "I know. It is unbelievably stupid." But all I know is I got to obey Him. I got to obey Him. I got to obey Him. He's brought me this far. Sometimes it looks stupid to step into the Jordan when it's in flood, but when the presence is on you so he took a step all right i gotta i gotta land this i gotta land this so 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 the presence of god the bible says that he that he that he dwelt between the two the two cherubim the ark was was this acacia wood box overlaid with gold and there were two cherubim that faced one another above the mercy seat and and god says to moses i'll dwell between the cherubim and the mercy seat that's where my presence will be but beneath the mercy seat inside the box there were three things and these three things if you're like man pastor how do I get the presence of God see there was great joy in the city when David brought in the ark when David the city was jubilant if you said to me hey what's our assignment at Awakened Church our assignment is to bring great joy to the city. How do we do that? By bringing in the presence. By bringing in the presence of God. But the presence of God, God says there are three things I want you to put beneath my presence because they hold my presence. They invoke my presence. They carry my presence. They... The, the first one was the Ten Commandments, the two tablets of stone where God wrote with His finger, the law, the Torah. They put the Ten Commandments in the ark you'll find that holiness and his presence and sometimes you don't know which one comes first I found that the presence is drawn to holiness but I found that the presence produces holiness I'd love to tell you I've perfected holiness where I can just bring but more often than not the presence of God has come and I've realized oh my God I am woe is me I am undone I'm a man of unclean lips. I dwell among a people of unclean. And an angel has to fly to an altar and take out a coal and atone. But the presence of God and, and His laws. I, I had this revelation last week because there's a lot of churches that preach kind of how you don't need the Old Testament. The Old Testament is the law. The Old Testament is law. And it's true. The Old Testament is law. And, and the Apostle Paul says that the law is death. The reason the law is death is because of, not because there's something wrong with God's law. God's law is holy. God's law is perfect. The law is death because we were sinners. And when we look at God's law, it condemns us for our sin. But when Jesus hung on the cross, He took death out of the equation. So now when you and I read the law of the Old Testament, it's no longer a law of death's. Because Paul says the law is holy, but through Christ, the law becomes life-giving principles. Life-giving. It's better for you not to steal. It's better for you not to kill. It's better for you not to commit adultery. It's better for you not to bear false witness. It's better for you not to covet what your neighbor has and what you man, and begin to, it's better for you to honor God, it's better for you. They're life-giving principles. The second one, the second thing they had in there was the pot of manna, the pot of manna. The manna was was the bread that came down from heaven. And I said, God, you know, what's that there? Now watch this, this is what He showed me. He says, the pot of manna was given to Israel when they came to Moses saying, why did you bring us out into this wilderness? Why did you bring us into this desert? where there's no food, there's no water. We're choosing a leader and we're going back to Egypt. And God has to say, tell them not so fast. Every morning, manna will come down from heaven, bread from heaven, and they can collect it every morning. They're not to do it on Shabbat on Saturday because I'll give them twice as much on Friday. But what was happening there? God was teaching the children of Israel The provision does not come from human government. It comes from heaven. Our freedoms don't come from government. They come from heaven. Government is meant to protect the freedoms that God, God has created all men equal and endowed them with certain inalienable rights. See, right now there's a World Economic Forum and the World Economic Forum, we're going to throw the first slide up. The World Economic Forum has an agenda for you that by 2030, you'll own nothing and be happy. Welcome to 2030. I own nothing, have no privacy, and life has never been better. I mean, I don't know if you can make that level of stupid up. <laughs> by 2030, you own nothing, have no privacy, but you'll be very happy. Either said, or you'll be shot. So choose now, shot or happy? <laughs> I'm happy, <laughs> I'm so happy, <laughs> please don't shoot me. It's like, what? So go, to, go back to the, the Schwab's slide. The theory of communism may be summed up in one sentence, abolish all private property. Now, how many people know that before we hear clever theories, and there's a lot of idiots, uh, people, excuse me, Trudeau, Macron, the Prime Minister of Australia, the Prime Minister of New Zealand. There's a lot of these people that are on board with this stuff. The Biden administration on board with this stuff. Now, How many people know that anything that we hear, it's probably not a bad idea to run it through the Scriptures? Okay, all right. So 2030, you'll own nothing. And they're literally saying, hey, don't don't bother. We'll own it and we'll rent it to you. We'll lease it to you. And they're saying stuff like, why buy a phone when you can just lease one? Why buy, buy, buy a house when you can just rent one? Why buy, buy, buy a car when you just lease it? So have a look at Proverbs 22, verse 7. Proverbs 22, verse 7. It says, the rich, what does it do? What does the rich do? The rich rules over the poor and the borrower is what? Do you see the agenda? The agenda is if you own nothing and they own everything, If they own everything, they're the rich, which makes you the what? The poor, which makes you the servant because the borrower is servant to the lender, but the rich rules over, rules over. If they make rules that you can't go to to church and you can't worship, well, the rich rules. They make the rules. You have to receive this mark on your right hand or on your forehead and you can't operate and you can't and you have to support the whole agenda the whole agenda is that the devil knows if he owns the stuff if he I don't like Awakened Church. Why do they preach that prosperity? Why do they need those buildings? How come they got 240 acres for their emergement? Do they need all those? Listen, the, the, the reason, I, I'm just glad to get it so the devil don't own it. I, I, we wanna get building after building so that, we, so that we can just push back on the devil. You ain't own it because this scripture's in play. The, the rituals and the borrower is servant to the lender. So that's why we want you to flourish. We want you to prosper. I, in fact, I would say to you that, that prosperity is not a suggestion in our house. It's a mandate. It's a commission. It's a mission. We want you to flourish. We want you to prosper. We want you to increase. We want you to buy territory. Why? So that you can be a blessing. Nobody says you have to keep it. If this year you made $10 million, you're like, Pastor, I don't need $10 million. I only need $1 million. What do I do with the other nine? I can help you we got missions in Peru. we got missions in Mexico. we got other buildings. we got other regions. we got other places. I can help you with that problem. That is a good problem. But if you're like, if your problem is I can't pay my rent, I'm getting evicted, they've repossessed my car, they're, they're not good problems. The, the better problem, you're always going to have problems. The better problem that is, man, how do I deal with all this stuff? Now, the last one, man, I'm so over time. The last one, the last one, the last one. So there was the Ten Commandments, there was the manna. The manna was to show that provision comes from heaven. That's why we we teach you to bring your offering. We teach you to bring tithes, because when you tithe, it opens the windows of heaven. It doesn't say it drives the wheels of the economy. It says it opens the windows of heaven, because God says you can't tax what I'm about to bring. The devil can't control it, the devil can't restrict it and no greedy, corrupt politicians can put their hands in the till because I'm going around them. I'm going to set up a direct link between you on earth and heaven. When you bring your tithe, it'll be unstoppable. The flow will be, but the third one, the third one was was Aaron's budded rod. Aaron's budded rod. They put, so, so, so what happened was there was, there was a debate like saying, because Aaron was Moses' brother. So, so they were accusing Moses of kind of, you know, choosing family favorites. And, and they were cr- grumbling and saying, how come one of the other people can't be leaders? One of the other people can't be leaders. Can I just tell you, godly leadership, godly leadership is, is a thing that, that will keep you in the blessing. It'll keep you in the presence of God, godly leadership. Godly leadership. We we don't take it lightly who we anoint. We don't take it lightly who we appoint to leadership. And we don't look to, oh, they've got a you know a PhD in divinity. What we look for is fruit. We don't look the greatest credential is what's the fruit hanging from their tree? What's the fruit of their life? They got good fruit. But this is a powerful thing because God God told Moses, do this. He says, have all 12 tribes break a stick, break a a branch from a tree, cut it off from its source of life and then have them write the name of their chosen leader and then gather all 12 sticks from all 12 tribes in a bundle and then place it before the ark, place it before my presence. And the one that I choose, the dead stick, Will live. The Bible says they, they, they did that. And I think it was three days later, three days, they came back and all the sticks were dead and dried out except for one, Aaron's. Aaron's, not only was it not dead, but Aaron's rod had budded flowers and produced almonds. All the 11 were dead, but one had produced flowers and almonds. Are almonds. and then they knew that God had selected can I tell you that's human history that's human history because the Chinese said no, no, no our spokesman, our spiritual high priest our, 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 the, the leader we're following is Buddha is Confucius in the Middle East they said it's Allah and He has one prophet, Muhammad and we We go all around the world and there's all these gods and there's all these deities and and God's, God's fine. God's fine. He says, all right. He says, cut them off from the land of the living. Bring them in front of the box. And the one that after three days lives and produces life, that's the one I've chosen. So Buddha died, Confucius died, Muhammad died, Jesus died on the cross. But only one of them after three days sprouted flowers. Only one of them after three days began to produce fruit. Only one of them. God in heaven is saying, that's the one. Follow Him. That's the one. Buddha is still dead. Confucius, Muhammad, they're all still dead. But there's one who's risen from the dead. He has the power to save. He has the power to deliver. He has the power to heal. Come on, stand to your feet today. Come on, how awesome is our God? How awesome is our God? If you have have sickness in your body, I'm over time, but I feel the power here. If you have sickness in your body, just want you to put your hand on your heart. Just put your hand on your heart. If you're around someone who's got their, their hand on their heart, Just put a a hand on their shoulder. Father, we just release right now in this beautiful presence. The Bible says in in Mark chapter 2, that the, the power of the Lord was present to heal them all. Jesus who who touched me, I felt virtue, I felt power, this this power in His presence. God's presence never turns up without the power to heal, without the power to deliver, without the power to restore. Father, I thank you that healing flows into each and every heart. Healing flows into each and every body. I I declare right now any sickness or disease that has been labeled terminal by the doctors, labeled terminal by the physicians. In the name of Jesus Christ, I terminate the terminal the terminal pronouncement and judgment over their lives, and we reverse it in Jesus' name. I break curses right now over their lives. Those who are struggling with addiction, I break the cycle, and I break the spirit of addiction. I break it now in Jesus' name. I declare deliverance flows. Devil, you get off them. Get off their mind. Get off their soul. Get off their spirit. In fact, right now I even break every chemical addiction in the name of Jesus Christ. I break those things that have bound minds and bound hearts and bound souls i break it now in jesus name somebody here have continual night, nightmares and migraines it's nightmares and migraines it's nightmares and migraines it's a spirit and i command it leave now in j Je- i rebuke you in the name of you tormenting vexing spirit you go from them now in jesus name I deliver them and release them now in jesus name Release them now in Jesus' name. Father, those who have sons and daughters who are away from God, those who have brothers and sisters away, those who have a mom and dad who are away, those who have siblings away from God right now. The Bible says this, David said, If I was to make my bed in hell, behold, you would be there. Where can I run from your presence? Father, we thank you for the all-pursuing presence of God and His love. Father, we pray for sons and daughters who are away in their sin, in their brokenness, in their pain, that right now they would have a visitation of the living God. For mums and dads that have a visitation, for brothers and sisters that have a visitation right now. Those who are under the spell of confusion, we break that thing. Let clarity come to their minds. Let freedom come. And if your life is not right with Jesus today, if you're away from Jesus today, if you once walked with God, but just slipped away, ran away, turned away, you're just away, come back to Jesus. I'm gonna hand back to Pastor Alex. The altar's gonna be open. We have a response lounge. We wanna give you a Bible. We wanna give you a following Jesus book. We wanna pray with you. But don't walk out the same way you came in. One of the most beautiful things we can do is humble ourselves and say, hey, I need some prayer. You weren't designed to make it on your own through this life. God is meant to help you.